Hello, this is Talking Life, brought to you by Created Out of Mind at Welcome. Created Out of Mind is a hub of scientists, artists, people experiencing a dementia and researchers to explore, challenge and shape perceptions and understandings of dementias. I'm Susanna Howard. This music is by Hannah Peel. And here I'm with Tracy Shorthouse and we're discussing the theme of self-expression. How are you feeling about life at the moment, Tracy? Um, I, f- I enjoy life. I um, I always say to people that um, dementia is the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, I know that's a quite strange thing to say, but um, um, when I was working, I was working and it's a slog and that sort of thing. And now, since I have a dementia, I do so much more with my life. I, every day is a blessing. Um, I grasp each day and think I've got through this day and the dementia hasn't got me yet. Wow. Um, and I do so much more with everything I get given, and that's and that's a blessing itself. I bet it's a bit of a shock for some people when they hear that you say that. Uh, always, they mm. always say they, they. I sometimes get a little abuse from people, and then I just look at them and say, "Well, I'm 47. I've got dementia. And that's a huge thing." Yeah. Uh, and actually, it's my way of coping through life, mm. and we should be thankful for being alive, and actually having a condition makes me appreciate more, appreciate life more. Well, that is an amazingly positive way for us to begin this conversation. Thank you for saying all of that. Yeah. It was it, it did concern me, though, that you said that some people have, uh, have given you some abuse. Did you want to just yeah. say something about that? Um, it's just because the people, if people's uh, family members are in the later stages of dementia, right. they can't see anything positive about dementia. Okay, and um, and I used to be a nurse, so therefore I used to look after people with end stage dementia. That's an irony, isn't it? Is I understand where they're coming from, but actually, I'm being forty seven and having it for two years now. Mm. I don't want to give up that life, and I will be as positive as I want to be. And and I usually take a step backwards, think about what I'm going to say before coming back with them in a positive way. For those of you who are listening who don't know, um, Tracy has just got a um, publication of an anthology of poems yes, that's come out, is. which is called I Am Still Me. And um, we'll probably hear a bit of that later on. Um, but I just wanted to ask you about when was the first time that you put pen to paper and that you thought, I'm going to write? Um, as a nurse, um, first of all, I looked after people who had that being diagnosed with conditions and they used to give up quite easily. And I always... <laughs> I they used to like, give up quite, they used easily. quite easily. Yeah, they used to give up quite easily. And what, what would that look like? Um, they used to say, oh, what's the point, what's the point of living? Or oh, I've got this, I'm going to die soon. Right. And they say, no, you're not. And I always, I want at least to say to myself, if I've got condition, <laughs> I would not give up. I would be fighting every single day of my life. And now look at me now. I've got condition mm. <laughs> that could potentially change my personality in the future yeah. and I'm fighting everything on my life. It's interesting um, that word yeah. fight, isn't yeah. it? Because a lot of um, people find that a negative word, you know, fighting against something. But you really feel feel that? It's a positive for me. All my dimensions are alien Ooh. in my brain or the black entity. Like you watch these horror films mm. and you see this black mass in the cellar and it might come and get you. Well, that's my dementia. Because you used to love horror films, didn't I you? I did, yeah, I did. No, I don't watch them now because they scare me. <laughs> I, think they, I think I can't tell, sometimes tell reality from um, what's, what's real and what's not when I watch them. I think, oh, it could really happen or something. Yeah. So so when I started writing, um, 
Um, my friend was starting a writing group. Um, when group. was this? Uh, I was diagnosed in December 2015. And then in December the same month, she was putting together a writing group. And um, she said to me about it. I said, what's the point? Because at that time, I couldn't... All oh, my writing yeah. was... Um, all my words were jumbling up. and I couldn't quite remember how to write words. And, and she said, but if you don't use it you might lose it and you the more you use it you might actually retain retrain your memory interesting that you were feeling you a bit of what those people that you'd worked with had felt i did because um in the beginning i was going through a bereavement of my own because i was losing myself and i couldn't quite remember some of my memories of it um couldn't remember how to go into places we're talking about your dementia now yeah. So just for people who are listening, what type okay. of dementia do you have? I have um, early onset of Alzheimer's disease and something called posterior cortical atrophy, uh, which is another form of dementia. It's quite rare. And that's um, the dementia that Terry Pratchett had, yes, isn't it? So, yes. so your word, sometimes when you read, the, word, the, the, the words jumble up and it's like they're, they're, playing, they're, they're dancing in front of you. It's quite the most strange mm. sensation. And colours can change. So you'd be walking in the countryside, and suddenly the leaves and the trees would go purpley, pinky colour. Your friend had this writing group, yeah, and you were like, "Well," you, and you were feeling like, well, "What's what's well, the point?" point? And, and you were that, feeling. And like, I, was, I felt a bit. I was feeling low anyway because um, I was shell shocked from having the diagnosis. Yeah. Um, even though um, it was a relief as well because been trying to fight for two years to get the diagnosis. Okay. Um, and then um, she said to me, "You must, you know, just try." And I did. And then. Um, I started writing at home as a way to exercise my brain, to, um, in a in a way to stop the dementia from getting worse. And what were you writing when you when you sat down? Were you did I you was, have? I was writing little sh- short stories to start with. Okay. I was writing little stories like um, short, like one thousand words or five hundred or something like that. And they were stories that you were just completely making up yeah, or protecting your life. No, okay. just just making up like little stories and that. And then I found they were quite. I found it was really hard work doing that. Though. So then I was thinking about, actually, what can I do with the light that might be easier for my brain to contend with? And then poetry was easy because it was short, you could do it. And I watched um, an interview interview by Stephen Fry, and he was saying that when you write poetry, it doesn't have to rhyme, it can just be anything you want to, yeah. on paper, and how you feel inside, mm. to how it is. So some of my poems never rhymed and that sort of thing. But there was, and in the, it, it was quite cathartic writing about my dementia through poetry because it turned out to be that some of the poetry poems in the book for example are about my dementia and how I felt yeah and that and then suddenly I thought I don't want to talk about my dementia anymore because actually <laughs> <chef>, it's boring because <laughs> I've had that at my system and I started about to talk about life and about other things that to do with my life so it's like an autobiography in a way in a sense of and sometimes it's not so yeah yeah it's interesting for me that sort of when you said there that you sort of wrote it out of your system yes. uh like personally for me living words that you know as you yeah. know the organization that i run that all came from me going through a traumatic experience and then writing and writing and i sort of say like writing myself back into existence or yeah. writing and and it is this sort of you know when you're when you're done it's it's no coincidence that sort of people write their best songs or their best poems after they've been through something and they've just got to get it out yes. they've got to express it um, I, mean, I spoke. I had like um, a dementia nurse that come and saw me on a weekly basis, but actually, and then and she and she was she was fantastic, and I and I got most of my tears and frustration, and you have to go through a bereavement process. So in ex- in expressing yourself through the written word, yes. were you able to talk about that as well and talk about the? Um, I don't. I, th- I think I just left that. I've, I think I spoke about it to my dementia nurse rather right. than 
putting that through, you know, because some things are just, you know, just you, you're hurt at that time, but then they, the dimensionist helps me see things through clarity and thinks actually it's not my problem, it's not their issues. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, and rather than my problem, so it's my, not my problem, they've got these, they, they, they got these ideas, it's serious, I just let it go, sort of thing, so that's why I used to just let it go and think, okay. Are you doing any writing at the moment? Um, actually, I've got a bit of a mental block at the moment because right. um, um, my nan passed away and then my yeah. cat passed away and then I just haven't... I've got about five poems or I've got titles of four or five poems mm. and, that, and I've got ideas of where I want them to go but at the moment I just haven't... I can't get them quite... And also with, with the PCA part of my dementia... Um, the PCA? The yeah, posterior cortical atrophy... Mm. Um, it changes the words around. So what I want to say, I don't. My brain tends to turn it around. So, like for example, um, if I want to write the cow jumped over the moon, I might write the the horse um, galloped in the meadow. So it's completely different. Also, Whereas... I think someone's already written that one. <laughs> oh, you, you know, <laughs> pedantic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, like, and it's quite strange thinking. I said, "Help." Did that come out of my brain? When I did, when I did, really want to say that, I'm conscious of sometimes it happening, um, and, I, and if I'm if I'm a worse day, if, if I'm really tired, I don't go out because um, my speech is so bad that I can't talk and I can't walk anywhere very well. So, so on right. a really bad day, which doesn't very happen very often, but if I'm really tired, then I'll just um, won't talk or, or have a whole day of. Um, being a hermit and that and not going out not talking to anybody and then next day after being complete resting I'll be fine again I used to have work, I used to have problems with my speech when I was younger and I used to have like a speech therapy and all that sort of palaver and then some well, words, when you were when you were a child when I was a child okay. and that um, and the way it was is my um um, it's not got helpful. No, I can't feel. I can't feel my. I can't feel my hands at all now. It's all fine. It goes like that sometimes. Okay. Um, um, Do you want to take a little break? No, I'm fine. Okay. Um, and um, any words that were long, that like I had trouble saying, I used to I used to learn and then say them with with glee, thinking, "Oh, it's a new word I've learnt." <laughs> And that so and facetious. I thought facetious. It's all about S's with my lisp and that. Mm. Um, but it's quite a nice word to say and that. And they think I found it really hard. And the funny thing was when I was doing um, I had my memory test, my second one, which was about four hours long. And I had to four say, hours long. Yeah, I knew enough, but they had to cut it in half because I was getting tired and I couldn't quite focus. Yeah. And I had to say a, a variety of words to pronounce them. And I couldn't remember. Whereas when I get tired, I, um, I look at words and I can't actually remember how to say them. Mm. And then all these words like, like chocolate and I, or I don't understand, or, or understanding or something, mm. and I just look at them and I think, I don't understand, I don't remember what they are. And that, so then that, and to me, that's quite scary. For somebody who liked, used to like reading, I used to be like a book, proper little bookworm when I was at school, when I was a child. I liked like all the old um, stories. And then suddenly... I can't read because the words jumble up sometimes in my head or on the paper and I can't make sense of them, which is quite frustrating at times. So I, I have a Kindle, I have a tablet and a little Kindle on there and sometimes I might read from that because it's easier. I can then and it keeps to the page that I want that yes. sort of thing, enlarge it as well. You know, there are some um, researchers at UCL who are the Dementia Research Centre mm. who are linked to Created Out of Mind who are creating an app 
okay. for people with PCA okay. to okay. help with reading. Oh, okay. Um, I'll maybe we can put a link on the page yeah, okay. if they're ready for that yeah. um, for where the podcast is. But also, okay. I can yeah. yeah. That'd be interesting because I've I do have I do I miss I do miss reading. And it's not always sometimes. Um, I can because my memory's not too bad, and I sometimes can remember what I've read. It's just sometimes it, the words dance in front of me, and it gets really mm. frustrating. It's really quite strange, like a ballet of words. <laughs> wow, um. a ballet of words. <laughs> um, perhaps now would be a nice time. Um, would you read a poem for yeah, us from your book? Yeah, I'm just. Gonna, I've got the book here. It's called Reborn. The universe is vast, full of empty space. The stars twinkle and shine they still die but then they are reborn through the mechanisms of life no one really dies yet no one really lives there is silence yet there is noise it is an, it is an enigma that no one can really explain we always think that we always think we have a greater understanding of things yet we don't understand at all we see yet we really don't we think we listen, but then do we? Spirit is all around us, but we cannot see them. Although we are open ourselves, we might not we might sense them. The world turns slowly on its axis. Night turned to day, turned to night. Minutes, hours, seasons all rolling by. We are all reborn sooner or later, like the stars in the sky, like the pendulum of the clock that never stops. Thank you very much. When you were working as a nurse, mm-hmm. compared to now when you're not working, but you're doing a lot of work yes. in the dementia field, yes. so I would say you are still working yeah. in a different way. Mm. But comparatively, you feel that you weren't really living, and now that you, yeah. now you are, yeah. do you want, and and I feel like that's linked to the fact that through the work that you're doing in dementia it is like an expression of you all the time. You're telling people your experience, and yeah, now I'm. Helping people get better is a huge difference, or helping people understand, which is a huge difference, because um, it, when you're a nurse, you learn all about um, um, active listening and um, empathy, and that. But you can never understand how people actually feel. You can try to understand, but unless you go through that experience yourself, how can you possibly understand, really? And when you're yeah. and with my dementia. I understand so much better about what people go through. And when people say to me, I can't because I've got dementia, I said, well, I've got dementia, you can. We can all do things. There's no such word as can't, ever. I mean, you get told that by your mum or your parents, but actually, you really can do it. You just have to believe, have self-belief in yourself. And that's why I try and, when I go go and do my talks and to bring awareness to people as well for the public... They need to take a step on their own self as well, and it's like a, like learning about self self worth, self belief. I'm helping people through my blog, um, about how other things really. Yeah, thanks for saying that. And in a minute, we're going to have a look at um, a piece from the Welcome Collection here. Well, it's from the Adamson. Uh, Adamson Collection, mm. which is part of the Arts and Health Collection mm. in, in the Welcome Collection. Edward Adamson was a British artist and a pioneer in art therapy. He was an artist and um, he was the first artist in the UK to be employed by a hospital and it was a psychiatric hospital mm. and he was um, 
he went on later in his life to really move towards the encouragement of people to understand what is now called outsider art. So uh, art, literature, sculpture that is created by people purely as an expression of their self, of their experience. Mm. He facilitated groups, but in a way he never said, oh, this is how you do art, or he never taught in any way. Mm. He you know, created that space, that non-judgmental space for people to express themselves. So we're going to have a look at a piece from the collection in a minute. There are about 5,500 objects, drawings, paintings, um, that, that he collected from people in the psychiatric institutions and mm. places that he was working with throughout his life. And we've got something here, and I think what we'll do, we've got um, Sol is here. Hello, Sol. He's in the corner of the room. He's been listening attentively. Sol's just going to come and reveal to us an item, and then I wonder if you can just describe what you see, and then I'll sort of, we can, yeah, it's exciting. So he's just lifting up the paper. Sol's got lovely white gloves on. We're not allowed to touch this piece. It's very delicate. So here he comes. So, what, describe what you, what we're seeing here. Um, it's a pencil drawing, pencil um, drawing. of animals. Um, they look like um, armadillos. They're funny sort of. They do. It looks like a shell. And can you see? That, can you see what they're drawn on? Um, parchments, that old tracing paper, like we, 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 we call, called tracing paper back in our day when we were kids and that. Yeah, yeah. Like, so probably that's like, yeah. So, um, Adamson was in a hospital. Okay. Um, well, in this... Oh, toilet in a, paper. In a psychiatric... Yeah, toilet you can pa- see yeah, it. it's toilet paper. It's like, if, a, if people are it, listening, yeah, that sort of tracing paper, toilet paper. In my house, it was... Um, my dad would buy it when he thought we were wasting too much loo roll, and then suddenly we'd be given this... Uh, so, I'll tell you a bit about this. Um, okay. So, Adamson... Um, was in a hospital and he he was uh it was a psychiatric long stay mm. facility mm. called Nethern okay. in Surrey okay. and the person had burnt matchsticks mm. and drawn on toilet paper and that made him realize people want to express themselves mm. and they need to express themselves or at least I can what will happen if I open up a room and I get paint and I get materials and Mm. invite people in, invite people in Mm. Um, and he was very, very person-centred actually because um, if say there might be someone who wanted to work facing a corner or someone who actually needed to be on their own or and he'd he'd make sure that he could enable the environment to be right for for individuals and and never talked about with them about in a a sort of critical way We've come a have we come a long way, do you think? I mean, um, in terms of things being hidden and... Well, unfortunately, no, because I, um, when I first got diagnosed, um, I bumped into someone I used to know, um, and her attitudes, um, I went home and cried, because um, um, I... She said, oh, hello, how are you? Like you do. Mm. And, uh, and I said, and she, um, what have you been up to? I said, well, actually, I've just been diagnosed with this um, dementia. She went, and where's your carer then? So she looked around me, looking for this carer. Mm. And I went, well, I'm not, I've got a carer. She went, are, you, are, are people like you allowed to be out now, in this day and age? Like that. And I went, what? 
So, because I laugh as my personality is, I laugh at most things. Yeah. You know, thinking she was joking and she actually really wasn't good. Are people like you allowed to be out in public? Mm, I know. Um, Did you say, are people like you allowed to be out in public? That's, <laughs> no, uh... I'm, I'm too polite to say it. And I went to touch, I think, she was laughing. She went, oh, don't touch me. I might catch it. might catch it. And I, I think it's disgusting you're out about without, without Kira. That and she turned around and I went the opposite way, and then I was and I was so hurt because still I was still quite vulnerable back in those days because I was yeah. still it was new. This is why I do these talks. Yeah, uh, do these talks to bring public awareness that we it's not catching. You can't catch dementia, and it's those sort of attitudes is what I want to stop. We're not meant to be put away in asylums anymore. I'm glad asylums have closed down. They were awful places. You know, the idea that someone, you know, our age mm. could have a dementia, mm. a person living with dementia mm. who was our age, would have been locked away. So I do painting, I do do painting. I mostly abstract on paper. So I have got a few things at home in hidden away somewhere that I... So I've got the handy <laughs> handy definition here of out... You know, I was talking about outsider art and the... Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, the definition of outsider art is the spontaneous expression by untrained artists in the margins of society with no audience in mind. And I love that because I think we're probably all outsider artists in some form yeah. or another at different points in our lives, aren't we? Yeah. And when you're painting mm. are you thinking about it at all are you planning or no, are you just I'm just, no. putting, just putting paper I just think what colours do I want I mean I, I sometimes I do watercolours and sometimes I do acrylic sometimes I like watercolours but they dry so quickly yeah. And that, but sometimes that's a good thing and, that, and sometimes I and sometimes I use pastels but you get such a mess and you, need to <laughs> you need to do it in a place where sometimes I don't really think when I'm doing it and then I get it on the carpet and I <laughs> get some banish and then mum mum would come around and say, What's that yellow on the carpet? I think, Oh, it's been I've been painting, didn't prepare very well. <laughs> so when you're so when you're if you're painting it's just a, like I'm drawn to those colours yes, and I'm gonna just see what, see what happens. See what happens. And, like, and, and then when and then with your to go back to, you know, words and language yeah. and when you're expressing your experience through words and language, mm. does it often just sort of come out yeah sometimes I just think I don't really think about it sometimes I might be walking say along the canal of Hive I always carry something with me like a bit like a pad or a pen or something and then suddenly sometimes words like come into my head so I have to write them down because by the time I get home they'll be gone they come in and they go out so quickly I find having dementia frustrating most of the time but the way I cope yeah is um, look beyond in and trying to cope the best way I can. So I have to become positive yeah. and not be negative by understanding from being but from the nurse point of view how frustrating it is. And there were a couple of poems that that I t- I've taken on. But I've, I've become the person who hasn't got the memory anymore. And I'm there's a, there's a poem called Prison, Prison of Thoughts. And inside a person's mind, and she's trapped. And you can either be stuck in a home, it's like in a two-way thing, um, stuck in a home somewhere, and you can't get out, and you're banging on the windows because you can't understand where you're stuck in a home. And you you see the outside looking outwards, yet you're stuck in that home. You don't understand. And then also you can be stuck in your... Sometimes I feel like my brain is full of long corridors, and what way do I run? Yeah. Thank you, Tracy. It's been fantastic chatting with you today. Thank you very much. It's been lovely being here as well. 
been listening to Talking Life podcast brought to you by Created Out of Mind at Welcome. And today you have heard from Tracy Shorthouse. You can find out more about Tracy and follow her on Facebook and buy her book, I'm Still Me. We'll put a link below. And this podcast has been made possible today uh, with the support from Sol at Welcome Collection and the audio visual team here at Welcome. For more information and to connect with the Created Out of Mind team, go to the website createdoutofmind.org. And to enjoy more of the podcasts, you can find them on the website, but also they're downloadable as a whole series on the podcast app on um, Android and on your iPhone. I've been Susanna Howard of Arts and Literature Charity Living Words. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this, please tell other people. Thank you so much.